Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bird, Nick, and I am flying solo today. So I don't promise that this is going to be a super long episode, but, uh, you know, it's at least original content. Uh, the long and short of it is, Jeff and I had another super busy week. I, let me stop there for a moment. So Jeff and I, obviously, we both own newspapers. Everybody you know that listens for any period of time knows that. And um, we're kind of in the end of the fall sports kind of period. And that's a really busy time for Jeff because, quite frankly, even though he <laughs> employs like 14 people, he feels as though he takes the best sports photos. So he always has to go to all these games to take pictures and everything. So unfortunately, he's been really tied up uh, between, um, you know, high school sports, junior high sports, all kinds of stuff. So it's been a very busy week again for both of us. And, uh, you know, I am recording here in the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios of my driveway. And I just got off my shift at Riverman Cigar Company. But uh, like I said, I was debating back and forth. It's like, do I put out another repeat episode or do I do something original? And I said, great. You know what? I've got time. I have got energy. So let's let's put something original out. So what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to play a little game of Get to Know Nick. Um, I'm going to talk to you about, you know, myself a little bit. And for those, you know, because we have seen a, a spike in listeners, some new listeners, and, you know, some folks may not know, you know, about me and uh, the show, and uh, I wanted to, you know, give a little information there. So, before we get into that, um, I am currently smoking something. I was smoking this on my way home from Riverman, and uh, I'm going to keep smoking it. I've got another cigar on deck for if and when this thing uh, ends before I'm done. I am smoking a Perdomo Habano Sun Grown Churchill. It is a Nicaraguan Puro, and uh, I'm about, eh, I'm past the halfway point. I'm coming up on the band on this thing. So, um, really great cigar. Lots of hints of, uh, there's a woody component to it, kind of a graham crackery component to it. You get some pep- pepper in the beginning and in the end. The middle of the pepper kind of goes away. The pepper uh, on the retrohale is really, really prominent. Um, but it's a great cigar, and it's going to come up again in conversation here soon. So... Um, since I'm already smoking, I'm going to go ahead and do the, uh, quote unquote cut, but, uh, you know, Dan may get another one in the, in the process of this, if this one, uh, ends on me. So the, uh, the official cutting was brought to you by Dan, the man ponder at Riverman cigar company of Crestwood, Missouri, Dan, the man ponder. He's got the shop over there in Crestwood. The lounge has been busy. It was busy tonight. We had, uh, our normal Thursday night crew coming in and hanging out. Good group of guys. They've been hanging out gosh forever since dan got the place and um but it's a nice group of guys a lot of them went to grade school together and they're still hanging out having cigars and drinks on thursday nights and just sitting around listening to classic music telling stories and having a good time and um you know everybody's welcome everybody's invited you know we had some new folks come in tonight a lot of good cigars in right now we've still got some of those uh hard to get fuente opus x's you know um we have quite a few of the uh uh, uh leaf dan went heavy in on agonorsa leaf and so we've got quite a few really great agonorsa leaf products in right now um i know i had uh what did i have tonight that was really good um it was um oh i'm drawing a blank here and i shouldn't be um it was the uh, 
uh, JFR, JFR Corojo. Um, you know, I mean, it, it just smoked wonderfully and it lasted me so long throughout my shift. It was great. So, you know, he's got a great selection of cigars. Come on by, check it out if you're in the St. Louis area. If you're not in the St. Louis area, Dan does do mail orders, so you can give him a call. You could ask Cindy or whoever's working, you know, what uh, you know, what we have and and kind of uh shop around the humidor over the phone and we're glad to do uh mail order for you. So just call up, place an order. You can get singles, boxes, you know, accessories, whatever, and we'll get that stuff out to you right away. That's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, I already did it, but I'm going to do it for the purposes of the show. It's time to go ahead and cut the cigar. So, like I said, I am smoking this uh, Perdomo Habano Sungro. And one of the things that I wanted to get into, um, I figured um, I'll start off by talking about myself a little bit and kind of how I got into cigars. Because um, as people find the show, I think a lot of folks... um, Maybe are a little confused by our show um, slightly. I think they're expecting one thing and they get something else. And so it kind of throws them off a little bit. So I wanted to explain. So we are not your typical cigar show. Um, we do talk about cigars. We have some episodes that are very, very cigar heavy. Uh, ones where we interview manufacturers. Ones where we talk about cigars quite a bit. But then we also have episodes where, you know, we're smoking a cigar. We might touch on that cigar, but we'll be talking about something else. And part of that is um, that, as I stated in the very first episode, Jeff and I are not cigar experts. We are two guys that both enjoyed cigars, and we kind of have this ability to suck people into what we call our vortex of ignorance. And we're just, it's its one of those things that we have found that we can be uh, entertaining and, and, you know, we have a good conversation. People get engrossed in our conversation and they enjoy it. And so I, I'm saying this with all humility, by the way, I, I'm, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but you know, people like talking with us. And so we kind of, um, originally Jeff at the time owned a radio station and he talked about how uh, it'd be cool to do a morning show on the radio station. The problem was his morning radio station was an hour and a half from where I lived and there was no way in God's green earth I was going to get up early enough to go do a morning show every day. And so that's when we started looking at podcasting. And so we decided, you know what, we'll go ahead and do a podcast. But part of it is um, we decided that we needed a niche. We needed something special about our show because quite frankly, you know, who are we? We're two guys from St. Louis. I mean, who who cares what our opinion is? And, um, you know, if we just got on and talked about just random bullcrap, then nobody's going to, I mean, we're just one of many podcasts that are out there where people are just talking about whatever. And so we figured, you know what? We both like cigars. Let's talk about cigars a little bit. And so that's how we got into doing this show. And what we have found is that as time went on, we were more and more comfortable talking about other things than just cigars. If you go to our very early episodes, which I don't necessarily recommend, but if you do, you'll find maybe slightly more cigar content. And over time, as we would say little stories about our lives and interject little things about ourselves, um, people would pick up on that and they enjoyed, you know, hearing some of that and, you know, and, and we found it was entertaining. It was, it was, you know, a lot of times Jeff and I have some really stupid stuff that happens to us. And so we kind of decided, you know, let's just go ahead and jump in and do this. 
And so um, we kind of started expanding the, the focus of the show. And that's where the true, I feel, f- like, feel of the Cigar Pulpit came about, which is that what we're doing here is we're, we're giving you some cigar information, but at the same time, we're trying to bring that lounge experience to you. We're trying to bring that that conversation um, that happens between people sitting around in the lounge to you, wherever you happen to be, be it in your car, on your deck. Maybe you're even sitting in a lounge and listening to us, in which case I would say turn us off and engage the people in your lounge, unless they suck, in which case go ahead and keep listening to us. But, you know, it's just one of those things that we're not, you know, we're not bringing you the uh, the ins and outs of the industry. We're bringing you entertainment. And hopefully, hopefully we're bringing you entertainment. And so that's what we're trying. And so, yes, there are some episodes where Jeff and I are eating an MRE and being stupid about it. But then there are other episodes where we're interviewing Nick Perdomo, Huso Aroa, um, Christian Aroa. We've had Nick, uh, John Huber on. We've had Nick Melillo on. I mean, you go down the line. We've had a number of really great cigar guests and um, Michael Herklotz. We've we, we've had a number of people on that um, have been really, really great to talk to. And hopefully we have many more coming up. I mean, we just had a Pulpit Rewind, I think, last week where we sat down with Eric and Bobby Newman of J.C. Newman. And that was that was wonderful. We smoked the American from J.C. Newman with Drew Newman on the phone line smoking the American for the first time with him and it was his pet project. And that was really cool to be able to sit and smoke that cigar with essentially with Drew Newman, you know, for the first time. So we've, we've done some really great cigar episodes, um, but we mix in some goofiness here and there. And so I, in, in terms of tonight, I'm just kind of giving you a little overview about myself a little bit since uh, quite frankly, I don't have Jeff here to bounce off of. So um, I got into cigars fairly, fairly recently. It was July of 2018. Jeff and I were out in Las Vegas and we stopped in the Monte Cristo lounge and Caesars. He wanted to pick up some cigars cause he'd been smoking cigars for a while. And, um, I hadn't and, but I was there and it was a gorgeous shop. You know, it was a really nice humidor. Everything was presented so well. The lighting was great. I mean, it was a really great presentation and the, the pretty blonde Russian lady that was working the humidor definitely helped in my um, desire to go ahead and purchase something. And I kind of figured, you know what, when in Rome, go ahead and do it. So I bought a couple of Monte Cristo white series and we ended up not even smoking them in Las Vegas. We brought them back and we sat outside one day after we'd gotten back from Las Vegas and uh, lit them up and the the monkey climbed on my back. It was just one of those things that I just immediately became so, um, I hesitate to use this word, but I became addicted and not to the cigar. I became addicted to the, the forced relaxation that the cigar brings. Every one of you know what I'm talking about. It takes you that hour to an hour and a half to really sit, savor, and it gives you that moment to just sit. And let the world go by, let you collect your thoughts, let you chill for a little bit. Maybe you're sitting there with friends and talking. Maybe you're sitting there having a drink and just, you know, watching TV or whatever. It's just a wonderful experience. And I loved that. I loved that I had something that forced me to sit and relax. Because at the time, the newspaper was really, really busy. And, you know, I didn't have as much staff and everything. And so it was one of those things where I was I was dying for something to just relax myself. And it was perfect. 
And so I, and I'm the type of person that when I get into something, I throw myself all into it. I want to know as much about it as I possibly can. And so I did. I, I started learning. I started reading. I started trying. I mean, you know, at first it was um, Monte Cristo's. Then it became, I was very, very heavy on the uh, Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real, the red band. Um, I smoked those almost exclusively there for a while. One day I went in the shop. They didn't have the size I wanted. And, you know, I, I went ahead and I switched over to a Fuente. And so then I started smoking some Fuentes for quite a bit. And eventually it was one of those things where, I broke out. I tried other cigars. I tried, hey, these wrappers are darker. Let's try these. Let's try these. Let's try these. And before long, you know, I'm smoking all around the humidor, figuring out what I like. My palate's expanding. And it was just, it was a really fun journey there for a while. And that's when, like I said, Jeff and I kind of got the idea of, hey, let's, let's, you know, at the same time, that's when we were talking about doing the podcast and the radio show and all that. So that's how, you know, this all came about. And since then, um, we've had a good, good run. It's been a lot of fun. And so tonight I wanted to talk about a few things. Um, I figured, you know, everybody has their, I'm talking so much. I'm not even smoking this cigar and I keep having to relight it cause I'm sitting out here in my driveway and it's a little windy and so it keeps going out on me. Oh, get that thing going. So tonight, I wanted to touch on um, a few things. First, everybody has their go-to cigars. Everybody has their cigars that, you know, it's just, we all talk about our rotation. We all have our regular rotation of cigars. And, you know, everybody's is different, and that's what's fun. And sometimes, and and your rotation changes. I mean, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get to uh, my, my five my top five uh, cigars in my regular rotation here in just a second. That's that's what I'm leading up to. But everybody has their rotation, but that rotation changes. And if you'd ask me what my rotation was six months ago, I'd tell you one thing. And now I'm going to you know tell you tonight what it is. But if you ask me again in January, it might be totally different from this. And to be honest, the, I, I'd say two of them are fairly locked in place. One of them is a more recent addition, and two of these spots, to be honest, are very fluid. Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, it was hard for me to sit down and pin down, you know, what five cigars I'm really smoking, like, on the regular. Um, but uh, these are these are them. And so I'm going to start with uh, the cigar I'm smoking right now, which is the Perdomo Habano Sungrown. I love this cigar. Now, typically I smoke it in the Epicure, this being the Churchill. Dan was out of the Epicure, um, and so I went ahead and switched to Churchill, and I love it. Um, now, I will say, the Perdomo uh, 20th anniversary, I smoked that in the Churchill. It's an amazing cigar, um, but, uh, you know, that's that's a story for a different day. But normally, I smoke the Habano Sun Grown in the Epicure, and I'd say that's probably my most frequently smoked cigar. Um, it's 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 always on rotation for me. And you know, Nick Perdomo and the Perdomo brand, you 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 get a level of quality from them that um, you can tell they really truly care. You know, I know they draw a test every cigar. I've I've you know, with that said, I've maybe maybe had one cigar that had a bad draw. 
Um, but I can't even tell you. I'm going to say that, but I can't even tell you when. Um, you know, by and large, I have had no issues with Perdomo cigars. Now, they can be a little stronger than than some people prefer. The Habano Sun Grown that I'm smoking right now, it's a so- I feel like it's a solid medium, bordering medium plus, especially when you get in the final third. But um, you know, it's got great levels of spice and flavor and complexity to them, and I just I absolutely love the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown. My second one that's in my rotation really regularly. I mean, I buy this thing by the box. Is um, the Romeo Hijulieta Reserva Real in Nicaragua, the blue band one. I know I've talked about it on the show. It's blended by AJ Fernandez. Um, it's It's got a great level of spice to it. And that is one of my just absolute regular go-tos. That one in the Perdomo uh, Habano Sungrown. I mean, I'm always on those two cigars. Other cigars float in and, you know, I smoke a lot of other ones, but those two are my solid, regular, just absolute go-to cigars. Um, My third one, though, is one that, like I said, is relatively recent to my uh, rotation. I have bought it by the box. It's an amazing cigar, and I absolutely love it, and it's the Aladino Classic. Um, And it's, it's, uh, it's... got the Habano uh, wrapper, and it's got the Habano and Corojo going on in the middle um, of the cigar, and it's just a wonderful cigar. And if you haven't noticed, I'm a big, I, I do like Habano. I, I'm a big sun-grown Habano fan. I've, I've gone from the light cigars all the way to the Maduros and the super heavy cigars, and I've now kind of settled into this sweet spot of the Habanos and the sun-growns. And those kind of things. I tend to go more medium to full-bodied, um, but uh, there are some really good Connecticut's out there, and I've talked about those on the show before. But but I, if you're going to notice anything on this list, is that I tend to go more Habano and Sungrown. But the uh, the Aladino Classic, when when I tried that on our hundred thousand download episode uh, earlier this year, I mean it was just lights out. It was amazing. And since then, it's come out, it's available in stores, and I, I smoke that all the time. I love the Aladino Classic so much. Um, my next one is one of the two that is kind of in a fluid category, I would say, in that, you know, it's one of those things where um, it's definitely much more variable depending upon the time. Uh, this next one, uh, the reason I'm counting it on the list is because I've been smoking a ton of them lately because I picked up a ton of them when I was out at two guys in New Hampshire, New Hampshire. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um, when, uh, when I was out there uh, in September and it's the Abuelo from United Cigars also made by Jerry Tobacco, um, makers of Aladino. And so it's one of those things where it's a very familiar kind of cigar to me. Um, I do feel like it is one that if Aladino were to have come out with it and put a uh, Aladino A on it, I think it would definitely um, fit somewhere in their family there. But uh, the Abuelo, fantastic cigar, great construction, great flavor on it, um, nice price point. And I just, I really enjoy that cigar. I tried it for the first time in the uh, Cigar Authority show pack. 
Um, they sent a uh, unbanded like test version to everybody in the show pack, and I tried it there. They did it again, I believe, when the cigar came out. I think they put a band on it and sent it out. And uh, since then, I ordered it a few times from them. And then, obviously, I picked up um, a box and quite a few of them when I was up there in New Hampshire. And I, so I've been smoking a lot of the Abuelos lately. And then my last one is one, like I said, again, another fluid entry on the list. It could go any which way. Um, to be honest, it was kind of hard pinning down this last one on the list. Um I could give honorable mentions to the Fiat Lux from Luciano. Amazing cigar. Um, I could give an honorable mention to the um, Sancho Panza. I'm blanking on the one. It's not the Connecticut. It's not the Maduro. It's the re- It's the maroon banded one. Um, that one um, is put out, I believe, by General and uh, Matt Booth from uh, Room 101. He uh, reblended it for him, and it's just—it's an amazing cigar. I love the Sancho Panza, the the maroon one. Um, there's some from Agonorsali. If I could, the, that JFR I was talking about earlier, I could easily put that in this spot. But um, one that I'm going to mention, and it's kind of a shameless plug for Dan the Man over at Riverman, but uh, he got in some house blend cigars that are put out by um, Davidoff, and they come in Connecticut, Habano, and Maduro. And the Maduro or um, Habano is the one that I've been spoken a lot of. It's it's a nice, great, good, long filler cigar, um, good flavor, great burn, you know, whatever. But um, for me, the price point on it is really nice because, you know, I do smoke a lot of cigars. And it's one of those things where, as Jeff talks about, you got to keep your dollar cost average down. I tend to not like to go more short filler. I I want at least a long filler cigar. And so um, the price point on the house blend uh, Habano uh, that Dan has at Riverman, it's a a really good cigar. And the price point is great. I mean, you can get a 10-pack and (sighs) I feel like a 10-pack is like 60 bucks. You know, so I mean, it it comes out to about six bucks a stick. And I, for me, it's a great driving cigar. It's a great in between maybe other cigars. You know, it's, it's a really good quality cigar. So, um, that's what's in my rotation right now. Like I said, there's all kinds of cigars that float in and out. Um, I've also been really high lately on the, um, the Brickhouse, uh, Bricktober, uh, Bricktoberfest from uh, J.C. Newman. I uh, got a box of those from uh, Riverman last week, and um, I did it because when I was down in Tampa in the episode with uh, the Newmans from last week, when I was there for that for that visit, um, I bought a box of the Brickhouse TAA 2020 uh, Ciento Por Cientos, and it was just such an amazing Brickhouse cigar. It was a Nicaraguan um, brick house. Had a lot more flavor complexity to it, a lot more spice to it and everything. And I really enjoyed that. And I've been slow smoking through that box. I've still got a number of them still left in the house. And um, I've been slow smoking through it because I don't want it to, to go away. But um, the uh, the Bricktoberfest is also a Nicaraguan um, 
brick house, and I was kind of hoping that maybe it would be similar to that uh, Ciento Por Ciento. And there are there are definite um, there are definite similarities. They're not the same though, um, but that doesn't mean that the brick house Bricktoberfest uh, is not a good cigar. I've been smoking as many of them as I can get, although it's not. Because they come in a box of ten, I'm obviously you know parsing it out. I'm I'm not burning through them like crazy. Um, one of the ones that I did burn through like crazy when I could get them, um, going back a ways. If we want to talk about you know the changes in your rotation, um, the uh, Henry Clay Warhawk, um, the Rebellious, not the not the standard line Warhawk, but the Rebellious that they came out with. It was a limited deal, and. At the time, I probably went through two boxes, and I bought a third box that's still sealed up and in my humidor because um, I don't I don't even want to open that box because that that cigar was so good and I really enjoyed it and um, it's just sitting there and I know at some point I'm going to want to open it up and have one but for right now it's perfectly fine just sitting and chilling and doing its thing. Um, but that, that, that's an example of how, you know, your, your rotation can change. Um, obviously because it was a limited project, I had to smoke it while I could and then move on to something else when it wasn't available anymore. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's cigars. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch on, um, if you're not all super bored yet, uh, before we, uh, get into the business of the show is since we are coming up on Halloween, I was uh, talking with the guys in the lounge tonight. Hello, that. Yeah, my cigar keeps going up. Um, about uh, um, horror movies. Um, we were watching. Uh, oh, what were, we were watching Major League on TV, and uh, they kept promoting like it's you know horror fest or whatever you know on on this channel, and they were going to be running a bunch of horror movies, and so you know. I, I, we got in a discussion of, you know, what horror movies are good and, you know, what horror movies do everybody like? And I figured, you know what, this could be something fun for me to talk about tonight too. So I'm not the biggest horror movie guy. I'm not a fan of jump scares. I'm, I'm a very jumpy individual. Um, you know, I scare easily. And so I'm not a fan of jump scares. So like a lot of the eighties slasher movies and things like that, I'm not into, um, I'm not into a lot of these, you know, cheaply made um, kind of uh, ghostly horror type things that are on out right now, like you know Annabelle and the the what a Conjuring and all. I I'm not, I don't do any of that stuff. And so you know, my list of horror movies is probably going to be it, it's I have a really old one, two from the '70s and two from the '90s, and so we'll kind of go through theirs. Um, so I'll start with the really old one. And my first one on my list is The Invisible Man from 1933 with Claude Rains. Guys, if you haven't seen the the original The Invisible Man with Claude Rains, it is such a wonderful movie. Um, when you consider the fact that this is 1933 and the special effects that they did to have him unwrapping, you know, the bandages from his head and, you know, there's there's no head there, you know, it's it's he's invisible. And just all the different things that they have the Invisible Man do. You know, it's just such a great movie, technically. And then on top of it, if you actually think about it, 
uh, and you do the do the math when you go over those old Universal classic horror movies. You know the the Dracula, the Frankenstein. You know all those old Universal horror classic movies. Um, the death count in them really isn't very high. Um, but like you know, the Invisible Man actually racks up the most on screen deaths. Um, you know he derails a train. Uh, in the movie and like 120 people die. So like his total death count on film in that, in that movie is something like 122 or 124 people. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, if you're looking for a monster, that's, that's actually putting people under the underground, you know, I mean, invisible man kind of beats out Dracula and Frankenstein and the mummy and the werewolf and all the rest. So, you know, but anyway, but it's a good, it it's a it's a spooky movie that you can watch with kids and um you know it's not it's not super i mean it's not gory it's 1933 for god's sakes but it's a super good movie it was claude rains i think uh i think it may have been claude rains like first movie in america or something like that but it, it, i don't know don't quote me on that but the bottom line is if you haven't seen the 1933 uh invisible man with claude rains you got to see it. It's such a good movie. Um, next up on my list is a movie that, um, I mean, I've watched it a number of times and it always sticks with me and haunts me is, uh, the exorcist with Linda Blair. And it's such a just creepy, disturbing movie. I remember I watched it first on home video and it freaked me out. Um, then, uh, they did a, uh, uh, remaster and re-release. I'm thinking it was somewhere around 2000 or 2001. And they did a few things in that. And one of the things they did is, um, they put little flashes, um, like split second, little subliminal flashes of the, uh, devil statue, um, that, uh, that go by and you know it's one of those did i see that what was that you know and that kind of thing and but that just added a whole new level of creepiness to me for that movie and just the fact that ultimately with that movie um you know good triumphs you know um you've got the the priest father Marin and father Karras, played by max von Sydow and uh jason miller you know they were such a great pair uh, dealing with the demon, you know, in uh, little Linda Blair there. And, God, the amount of stress they put Linda Blair through was just outrageous. But that's, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. But, um, you know, the, uh, the the combination of those two guys as the priest, you know, was just, it was really, really captivating. And ultimately, you know, uh, the, the, the old priest, you know, he passes away. And spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about this, but yeah. So the old priest, he passes away. And then, you know, the young priest, uh, Father Karras, you know, he ends up kind of taking the demon on slightly and then jumping out the window to his own death. And so, yes, Linda Blair is cured of the demon, but like, you know, both the priests freaking pass away. And so it's kind of one of those things that you say, you know, okay, yeah, had a it had a good ending, but at the same time, man, it was, it it took a heavy toll. Um, but it's just one of those movies that when I watch it, I have to be really in the mood for it. And it's just an unsettling, 
you know, eeriness to that movie all the way until, you know, everything starts to happen and whatever. It's just, it's one of those movies that just kind of like wraps you in its creepiness and just like won't let go. Um, my third movie on my list is Jaws from 1975 with Roy Schneider or Scheider, not Schneider, Scheider and Richard Dreyfus. Um, that movie has put a fear into me that, um, fascination and a fear into me that still is today. I am not a big fan of going into the ocean or lakes or really anything other than a pool because um, there are creatures that want to eat me and want to kill me. And some are larger, some are smaller, some are brain-eating amoebas that get into you, you know, from lakes and things like that. So I'm not really a fan of, you know, going into actual, like, bodies of water that aren't uh, chlorinated. But um, the thing about Jaws that just truly, honestly has stuck with me is I have two ways, top two ways that I just do not want to die. And one of them is I don't want to burn up in a fire because I just think that's just that just sounds horrific. The other one is I don't want to be eaten alive by an animal. And watching Quint like slide down the boat into the maw of the shark at the bottom there, it just was like, dear God, this is just horrific. And yeah, I I just I don't want to be eaten by an animal. And so Jaws kind of has stuck with me. An amazing movie. I mean, Hollywood will burn to the ground the day they ever re- consider remaking it. I really hope they don't, but um it's it's just a cinematic masterpiece and I really enjoy it. Um my next one, my next two actually, you you know, might get a little bit of debate. Um my next one is one that I think has maybe found a little bit of an audience here recently. Um at the time I don't believe it did very well in the box office. I think it was one of those movies that kind of, um, I think over time it's kind of found its audience. And that's uh, 1997's Event Horizon with Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this movie, it's it's kind of a sci-fi horror in that it's in space. You know, they've got spaceships and uh, the Event Horizon is a ship that disappeared. And, you know, this other ship was sent to go and track it down or to find it. And, they, you know, the, the Event Horizon reappears. And so they, they you know, get on the Event Horizon and they kind of find out very quickly um, that whatever horror kind of befell the crew of the Event Horizon has followed the ship back. And the long and short of it is the Event Horizon went to hell. <laughs> and so it's like it's just some truly just beyond messed up imagery and it's it's again that kind of creepy vibe that kind of wraps itself around you and it's just truly unsettling and I remember leaving that movie just truly I because I saw it in the theater and I remember it was just really disturbing and it, it was good um I I've only seen it a couple of times though because it's one of those movies that does really kind of haunt you so um, if you haven't seen Event Horizon, um, check it out. It's it's worth it if, you, if you're into horror movies. Um, the last one on my list I'm going to give credit to because at the time I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really imaginative. I thought it was really clever and out of the box. Um, over time, the um, 
methods used in it, I believe, have been overused and have kind of watered this movie down to where people, I think, dismiss it and they don't give it the credit that it should be given because, you know, so many other movies have done the same thing that they did that I just, it it's just not, it doesn't get the credit that it should. And that's the Blair Witch Project from 1999. Um, I remember seeing the Blair Witch Project in theaters. I remember all the hoopla about how, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, you know, is, is it real? Is it frown footage, you know, and everything like that. And the, just doing it that way with that kind of amateur camera style and, um, you know, and everything, it was just, it was a really inventive way to make a horror movie. I do kind of feel like the ending kind of fell just a smidge flat for me. Um, but at the same time, you know, at the time when I saw it in the theater, you know, everybody was so amped up and, uh, the gal that I was with, she was really amped up. And so I remember that, you know, it was, it was just, it was a really, truly interesting movie going experience at the time. Like I said, they've made some sequels. They're crap. Um, they've made a lot of other found footage kind of movies. By and large, they were crap. The first paranormal activity, um, I would say was kind of interesting, um, you know, but they've since made a ton of those and whatever, you know, it's what it is. But, but, you know, for what it was, the first Blair Witch Project from 1999, I think is actually a really decent horror movie that, you know, stands up. It's got a, you know, it was obviously done on a cheap budget, but, uh, it worked. It's got that, that creepy vibe that I'm kind of talking about, you know, I'm not into, the the jump scares but the the creepy vibe i think really brings a lot to it anyway so that would be my top five horror movies um so why don't we go ahead and jump into the even though i'm by myself the united cigars one must go Adrian Pulieski here. We all need to live united, as it turns out, but one, unfortunately, must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars there. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Graflo, Mantosa, and Terranova. In the highly acclaimed Edabe, Byron and Bandolero there if you're feeling fancy. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars as it turns out. And I want to say, some of you are really triggered by the Jerry Pulaski, um, you know, intro and outro for the uh, United Cigars One Must Go. It's kind of funny to me, um, you know, that, uh, that he, uh, he's, he's, he's a polarizing character, I'll say that much. Um... Anyway, so one must go, and um, you know I invite uh, everyone that's in the uh, Cigar Pulpit Parishioners group on Facebook to weigh in on this since I'm doing this solo. Um, obviously, whatever I choose goes. Um, it is what it is. I don't have somebody to debate it with. But tonight we have snack food, so we have popcorn, chips, cookies, and candy. Um. I know which one, for me, it's going to be popcorn. I worked at a movie theater for two years in high school, and I um, came home smelling like popcorn every night that I worked. And I, I to this day, I do not eat microwave popcorn. Um, 
I I will indulge in kettle corn if I find somebody making that, you know, typically outside the Sam's Club or something like that. But, you know, I, I will or at a fair, I will do kettle corn. Um, I will get popcorn when I'm at the movies. I don't get the butter. And if I were going to give you any recommendation, I would say all of you should also avoid the butter because it's nasty stuff. Um, but uh, I I would probably go ahead and cut popcorn because every time I eat it, it's one of those things that I always get the kernels stuck in my teeth and it's just kind of, it's just gross, you know. Chips, it's one of those categories where what kind of chips are we talking about? Are we talking potato chips, tortilla chips? Are we talking, you know, what are, what are you know, and then there's so many different kinds. I like barbecue chips. I like sour cream and onion chips. Um, you know, uh, sun chips, Fritos. I mean, there's all kinds of different chips. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep chips, you know, cookies. I, come on. I like cookies. You know, it's, it's it, chocolate chip cookies, all kinds of different cookies. I like cookies. Candies. You know what? Candy is one of those things I could probably waver on. Um, if I had to, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say it's a toss up between candy and popcorn. I think popcorn definitely edges out. Um, candy, there are, there's not a ton of candy that I'm really into. Um, everyone, I, I, I do love peanut M and M's um, and Kit Kats, and um, uh, I do like a good Crunch Bar, but. Um, but by and large, candy's not really my thing. Um, but I like enough different candies that I will say, you know, as I talk about how I do get popcorn at the movie theater, you know, I have to accompany that with Twizzlers. You know, it's just one of those things. Popcorn and Twizzlers and a, either a bottle of water or an iced tea if they have iced tea at the movie theater. That That's what I do. But, um, but yeah, so... If I had to pick one of those, I would probably go with popcorn. But guys, you know, if you're in the Scar Pulpit Parishioners group on Facebook, weigh in and tell me uh, where I'm wrong or if you agree with me. So that's been One Must Go. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United We Smoke, as it turns out. All right. Well, it is now time that we go ahead and jump into Final Third Friday with our guy, Broccoli Rob and Isaiah. It's time for Final Third Friday with my man, Broccoli Rob. Welcome back to Final Third Friday. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And today we are pairing the Knuckle Sandwich Maduro in the Corona Gorda size. And we are pairing that with the Lithronax from Pax Barum. This is an oatmeal stout uh, inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. If you follow us any closely, you know that we have done this before, but Rob put out a poll saying uh, what we should do a pairing of, and we could have been tortured, and luckily the only comment that got likes was this delicious pairing. Yeah, and we were excited about this one. Again, the knuckle sandwich, it's a Ecuadorian Sumatra over Nicaraguan binder and fillers, full-bodied cigar. The uh, spice notes on it are really nice, so we thought the spice would go really well with the beer. The beer has all those pepper, you know, the, the cayenne pepper notes and all that as well. And, um, you know, upon light-up of this cigar, uh, first retrohale, oh, lit us up. Light you up. Lit us up. Yeah. And, um, and then coughed. when you take a drink of the... I pulled a nick and coughed. You did. The retro you did ale. cough, man. But it was... it was deserved on this. I don't cough on Connecticut's like Nick does. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, 
the cigar itself, you know, upon the light, it had this nice bready quality, a lot of dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, the spicy notes were kind of popping. And as soon as you add the beer, the the chocolatey built more. Um, it, it, they they really compare. They really kind of come together nicely together because yeah. the uh, the pepper spices go well together. Absolutely. The dark chocolate goes well together. The breadiness goes well together. So it actually is one of those pairings that the flavors just continue to build yeah. for both of them. And we were really intrigued to see how this would change. But at the beginning of the second third, the cigar took on more of those bready characteristics. It lost quite a bit of the spice on the retro hail. And the beer got really dark chocolatey, uh, dark cherry, and still had some of those spicy notes and cinnamon in there as well. Yeah, it's like that. If you've ever had the dark chocolate that they put cayenne pepper in it, and they set they, they you know they sell it and it's like super spicy, that's what the beer tastes like right now. Yeah. Um, the one unique you know characteristic we got was we have a local uh, pizza place here called Pizza King that um, they sell breadsticks but you can get them half baked or three quarters baked and their half baked ones are just like crunchy on the outside doughy on the inside yeah and literally this cigar tasted like that yeah it was uh it was bready doughy buttery a little salty yeah and then the uh the beer itself kind of pulled out the darker the chocolatey um not really a rye bread, but more just like that bready notes, and yeah. they just really played nice together. Absolutely. It, it's really interesting the way the beer's playing with the cigar, because those are not the typical flavors that you'd get on the knuckle sandwich uh, no. Maduro, but they're playing well together, and they are really changing the characteristics of each. It's interesting to see what would I would think would be a, uh, an extremely complimentary pairing where you're getting a lot of the, the same chocolatey notes from the cigar and the beer, a lot of the same peppery notes from the cigar and the beer, yeah. and you'd think, oh, this would just be like overload. They are playing extremely well together and bringing out different things you'd never find in either. And balancing well because, like, the one thing you never get out of either one of these is cherry, but you actually get this kind of a cherry note um, from the beer when you take a sip after the puff. The one thing that's nice, too, this cigar, again, it's a full-bodied cigar, but with the beer, once you get in that second third, the um, the spiciness of the retrohale drops down, and then what you do, what happens is you take a sip, and all the spiciness of the beer pops up. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the, the spice level starting up here with the uh, cigar at the beginning and with the beer, and then it just flip-flops. Yeah. So it's actually a really nice way to, to see how the beer and the cigar actually complement and then also contrast one another in different times of the cigar. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, get into the final third. The final third, um, it does get a little bit a little bit spicier on the cigar, but I'm still getting a lot of the same notes yeah. where the beer is spicier than the cigar. Um, you do, as you get further and further down the glass, because, you know, with, with a good craft beer, a lot of times the spiciness tends to settle in the can a little bit. So as you pour it, you know, it kind of settles a little bit. We're getting down. I'm about halfway down. You're a little further than I am. Yeah. Um, the spiciness of the beer is kicking up more. So Absolutely. we're actually pulling more, more of that out, which then again is pulling more of the dark chocolatey, bready notes out of the cigar. So really that's it, guys. Um, again, if you want to come in here and try this pairing, you know, the cigar is um, $13.59 and the beer is, I think, 7 Yeah. So when you get this, it's going to be probably around an $18 pairing. Um, come in and try it. We got plenty of this beer, plenty of these cigars. I think you're going to enjoy it. We do have this cigar in a uh, Toro as well. Yep. So if you prefer Toros, you can always do that as well. But 
just want to thank Scott, too, for um, the pairing on this one. And uh, we will definitely be doing more of these um, shut-the-box challenges. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. And for those of you in the Ingalls, Indiana area, make sure you swing by Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. Or if you're not in the uh, Ingalls, Indiana area and you're swinging through the Indianapolis general area, make sure you track down Ingalls, Indiana. It's just northeast of Indianapolis. And uh, swing on by and go see Broccoli Rob and Isaiah and all the crew over there at the Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. It's an amazing place. Um, I know this episode drops on Friday. But on Saturday, the 8th, Mickey Pegg uh, of All Saints Cigars will be there doing an event uh, along with Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy. And it's going to be a just really great time. Lots of great cigars, lots of great whiskey, and just really great people. I mean, Rob has made just an incredible little lounge there. Um, lot, you know, great humidor, great bar, great, you know, just vibe. Um, the Cigarden is um, a great little place to visit and check out. And it might be getting a little chilly for it. I don't know if he's got heaters. That's something I'll have to ask him about. But, you know, guys, if you're in the area... You owe it to yourself to swing by what I consider to be Indianapolis's best cigar lounge, the Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. So with that, why don't we go ahead and find out about My Monthly Cigars, because we will be getting the October My Monthly Cigars box here shortly. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. Thanks. It's amazing how many people have picked up on that thanks. But anyway, um... And then, guys, it's time for the socials, so you can follow us on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. Um, we're also on Facebook, where we have that um, <coughs> Cigar Pulpit parishioners group that I was talking about. And, uh, boy, this would be a moment I really wish Gator were here. Got a little choked up there. Um, you're going to want to get in on that Facebook group if you're on Facebook. Um, truthfully, it's the only thing keeping me on Facebook these days. Um, it's a wonderful group of guys and, uh, gals, and we all hang out, uh, virtually. We have a good time. You know, people bust balls. It's, it's fun, you know, share what cigars are smoking. You know, we had a, a parishioner post a picture of a lighter that he got the other day that, uh, was really cool. You know, it's, it's just a good place for everybody to kind of come together you know, give uh, Jeff and I some feedback about the show and just have a good time. So, you know, if you're on Facebook, just swing on over there, find the group, um, you know, ask to join. I do keep it a private group, but uh, ask to join. You can, I, I, I immediately, as soon as I get the alert, I, I let you in and uh, just have a good time with it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then we're on Twitter at the cigar pulpit. However, right now I don't, I'm not really doing anything. Apparently Elon Musk is maybe buying Twitter again. I don't know if he is. Then 
you know, maybe I'll do something on there. But for right now, I don't really do much of anything on Twitter. Um, and then uh, we're on YouTube where you can watch this. This is not a particularly interesting episode. It's a lot of just me very close up uh, with the brick in the background. But, you know, I mean, you can you can watch this on YouTube if you'd like. And then, guys, we do need your calls and questions for Ask the Boys. We are doing a contest for the month of October where if you call in with your personal ghostly encounters, spooky encounters, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to pick the best, uh, pick the best, uh, you know, paranormal encounter, um, at the end of the month. And there'll be a prize awarded for that. So, you know, get in by calling the ask the boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000 and, uh, leave your calls, your questions, your thoughts, whatever. I mean, you know, um, it's uh i i know some people are maybe saying that the that segment's run its course may you know jeff and i are talking about the idea of maybe taking it back to once a month to where um we build up a whole month worth of calls and just uh take an episode to you know listen to the listeners you know kind of thing but uh you know that's something that we'll uh we'll we'll consider and get to but for right now call the hotline area code 863-874-0000 well i am still smoking the uh, Perdomo Habano Sun Grown. I've been talking a lot. Haven't been able to smoke. It's one of those things. I'm normally able to smoke because Jeff will talk and, you know, back and forth. But uh, when I'm by myself, I sit here and I don't, I'm, I'm just holding a cigar. But, uh, you know, it's it's smoking really good. I've had to relight it a few times. And I will say that when I relight this cigar, the pepper on it intensifies greatly. So now it's a really spicy little guy. Um, I'm down to probably, I'm getting, if I'm not at the final third, I'm real, real close to the final third of the cigar. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's such a great cigar. Um, I'm going to finish it before I go inside to edit this up. So, you know, it is what it is, but, um, no, I highly recommend it. Part of my regular rotation and, uh, you know, there we go. Speaking of regular rotation and the ask the boys hotline. Guys, I I told you my top five, you know, regular rotation cigars right now. Maybe you don't have five in your regular rotation. Maybe you only have a couple, but maybe call the hotline. Tell me what your regular rotation is. Give me some suggestions for cigars that maybe I haven't tried or um, need to circle back to to try again. Uh, Call us up. Let us know what cigars you're smoking on the regular and maybe why you enjoy smoking them on the regular and why they're part of your regular rotation. You know, it's it's, it's a good way to promote some cigars that, uh, you know, you enjoy. So... Give us a call, area code 863-874-0000. Well, I hope this episode hasn't been super boring. Um, I tried, and uh, you know it's not easy doing this solo, but um, I do think this was a better solo attempt than the uh, last time I did a solo attempt. So anyway, hopefully next time I uh, am back with you guys, we've got some guests, and we can have some fun. So, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky.
Later, guys.